I don't want to marginalize all that is going on in the world today. To be honest, 2020 has been a horrible year and it's only June. Everything from COVID-19 to the continued unjust and unexplained murders of African-Americans. You can see I'm living in a bubble at this point. I will tell you that I am 51. I have lived with racism all my life. I grew up in Louisiana. I grew up in parts of Texas. I lived in Oklahoma. I lived in North Carolina. Trust me when I say I've dealt with it. So today, at least for the next 15 minutes, I want to take your mind away. Yeah, the rest of tomorrow's worry about the crazy. Now, with that being said, let's get on with this podcast. What's going on, everybody? This is Brian Matthews, your host, and this is Confessions of an Ugly Black Man. You know, I often wondered how people actually chose their professions. I mean, for many a kid wanted to be one of the 1% to make it to the professional sports, that's a big dream for most. However, what if you're a scrub, a professional bench rider? Or just you just suck at sports. I mean, okay, let me put this in a different context. I'm pretty sure Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak didn't start off in their garage building their computer saying, one day we will define a culture with a listening device called the iPhone. And oh, by the way, those are probably the ones who generally sucked at sports, but are super smart. When they're poor in high school, they got beat up. Yet when they were older, they got money and they got the women. Because I'm sorry, money sometimes makes ugly guys look good. And I'm not judging those guys. I'm not saying that at the point. I'm just, you guys know what I'm talking about. Sometimes we give that waiver for additional financial benefit. You have a, I guess you have a select few of kids who will follow their parents. You know, they, they see their parents doing a certain profession and say, you know what? I'm going to be like my dad or I'm going to be like my mom. In one case that I know pretty much every single freaking day, about 10 times a day, I see commercials. There's a guy called Bill Adler. He's a lawyer, just like his father, Jim Adler, the hammer. (laughs) For those who don't know, outside of Texas, uh, they're a prominent Texas law firm, Um, father and son. So that's the son following the father, both lawyers and very successful practice. Now me, my father was in the army. Now, as a kid, I had no intention of being in the army, never thought about being in the army, never wanted to be in the army until my dad comes home. Now my dad was a recruiter, so let me break it down for you. He was an army recruiter. I'ma tell you right now, he was freaking good at what he did. He had plaques and trophies all over his wall. And when it was time for him to go ahead and you know move back into his actual line of profession in the military, they're like, no, we want you to convert over and be a professional recruiter. My dad said, no, I'm done with this crap, I'm out. So he was good at what he did, no doubt about it. I guess you say he uh, had me interested probably at the age of 10 or 11. Well, anyway, he came home one day, you know, he would often do that, come home with like more promotional stuff, but it was a poster. I'm an 82nd Division paratrooper. I looked at that picture like, oh, I want to do that. Right then and there. I was going to be all that I could be. Now, not saying that was the Army slogan at that time, but it was the Army slogan when I came in. So it fits for the situation. I was so motivated that I was going to be like that guy on my wall. I grabbed a sheet off my bed, climbed up on my roof, took that very same sheet, 
put two pointers in each hand, made a makeshift parachute, and jumped off my house. Needless to say, Felix said, no sir, no, 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 and I quickly slammed to the ground. It was it, it hurt. It hurt a lot. I'm not gonna lie to you. I think I, my knee hit me in the face or something. You know, saw stars and bars or whatever. But it hurt. I, I remember that pain to this day. Well, in the airborne world, in the airborne life, they say any landing that you can stick or you can walk away from, it's a good landing. Well, on the impact, like I said, I felt the pain. Knees buckled, slammed to the ground, and when I say I slammed to the ground hard, I mean really hard it was painful now this is because more than likely i wasn't properly trained in being a united states army paratrooper so i did not execute what they call a plf or parachute landing form properly however i did walk away from that jump with a brand new respect and a whole lot of pain trust me probably if i did that okay let's just put it this way I didn't do it again, not until I actually joined the army. So yes, I did join the army. Yes, I became a paratrooper, blah, 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 whatever get to that. But as a kid, I guess I would use what I would say, uh, United States Marine logic. <laughs> Ooh, ah, uh, simple pie. And I know right now, probably uh, any Marine or former Marine, because, well, not former Marine. I don't know what they call them because they said once a Marine, or a Marine, whether you're in it or not. Uh, they're probably going to get offended. And I, I got a friend. His name is Bill Drake. And he may be texting me or calling me and say, man, that's messed up. You know, because I'm clowning the Marines. I only clown the Marines because I can. <laughs> Sorry, Billy. You got to be like me and Rob. Should have joined the Army. Greatest military institution in the United States today. Uh, but with that being said, before I continue with this story, before I continue with these tales, before I continue with these jokes, let's go ahead and pay some bills with our sponsor, Anchor. There are a lot of mysteries in the world today. I truly believe how people pick their profession, meaning their careers, is one of the greatest mysteries of all time. I mean, I know some of you realize that's not really a mystery if they go into a field that they like. Okay, so where does that really start you? I mean, are you a kid? For example, oh, I want to be a doctor. And as a doctor, I want to look at feet. Ah, so we call that podiatry in the adult world. But what makes you as a kid want to look at feet? If that is even a motivation, like, oh, I see their feet and I think I can help them walk better. Or, or her toes are going the wrong direction. I'm going to fix her feet to the point that we even have a fascination that they put it on TV, which was very short-lived because out of everything, it's not Dr. Pimple Popper, which is a totally legitimate, well, I'm gonna say it's a legitimate profession, plastic surgery. Everybody wants to look a certain way, young, thin, happy, I guess. I don't know, because sometimes you get plastic surgery, you just look happy all the time because your face is so pulled, you know, so, so far up. So I don't know. But feet, I, I, that one kind of kills me. I mean, people take their shoes off, a little older, because I'm sorry, unless you, most women wear like, you know, open toe shoes or sandals, so maybe their feet don't stink, but they're dirty. I'm, I'm sorry, ladies, don't get mad. I mean, it's true, it could, could be kind of dirty, you know? And to me, I have no foot fetish or anything like that, but I do judge a person by the way their feet look, okay? If a lady has her feet and they're taken care of, you know, you can pretty much say she takes care of herself as a whole to include her makeup or hair if necessary, need be. But feet, be a doctor feet, touching feet. Ah, you know, they, they got those commercials where the, 
the foot fungus would how do you look at no okay I would think maybe the, the doctors who work on feet were the lower cl- half of their class maybe they weren't as smart as the other doctors I mean I'm just saying I don't know you know I I don't know how, how do you even sell that in, in medical school? Okay, so some of you are not going to be surgeons and some of you are not going to work on the brains. Some of you are going to work on feet. <laughs> really? Don't get me wrong. They're doctors nonetheless. And I'm pretty sure even though they are feet or foot specialists, they're getting paid. They're going to make that money. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to even, I'm not going to even bust on them like that. But still, feet. Now you're probably saying, Brian, how did you come up with this ridiculous conversation about professions? Well, you know, I go out every day and I do service calls and uh, you know, I work on medical equipment, all that good stuff. So I was riding in the uh, van with, uh, I'll call him Jay, because maybe he has warrants. I don't know. He's kind of crazy. So I don't want to put him out there. So um, we were having a conversation and he's like, man, you know what? I just thought about something. And he does that. He has some random thoughts. He goes, why do doctors want to leave vaginas? And I had to stop and look. I was like, dude, are you really asking me that question? But then I thought about it. Is that like the feet doctor? I'm going to look at vaginas. What sparked you to want just, you know, and for those, it's a gynecologist. It's a speciality. And I know doctors know anatomy. Um, they, they're pretty much understanding how the body works. But you have those specialists like podiatrists who wants to look at feet. Gynecologist is looking at, you know, vaginas. I mean, all kinds of vaginas and you would think maybe at some point he don't want to look at them no more i don't i don't know but we you're you're a little when do you make the decision that you want to be a gynecologist weird it's 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 totally weird it totally blows my mind but nonetheless i said at the end of the day they're doctors they're medical doctors and they have a profession that we need okay regardless of what i say about a gynecologist I'm sorry, better than a foot doctor. Don't get mad. Don't get mad. I'm just saying. But I'm not really making light of the medical profession because we need doctors. One can make an argument why, me, myself, I I don't know why doctors make certain specializations, but one can make an argument that it's necessary and needed. For example, who is going to be the one that's going to rob the dirty boys off the range when they meet sweet Sally in her bedroom late at night, raw dog. Somebody's got to do it. Is it you? Is it you, Lieutenant Weinberg? <laughs> okay, so I'm going off a movie quote. It just popped in my head so random. And if I really have to explain the whole analogy about uh, getting rotted off the range as a dirty boy from sweet Sally, raw dog, then you're probably too young to be listening to this podcast. So I would suggest go ahead and stop now because it doesn't get any better. It actually gets a little bit worse. So let's let's just flip the switch. So we were talking about doctors, medical doctors. How about dentists? Is it a possibility that dentists may be slightly, I don't know, masochistic? They like causing this little bit of pain in the mouth? I know that's a weird question, but think about it. You know when you go to the dentist, you're going to bleed. You know when you go to the dentist, it's going to be so painful. You know this. But once again, somebody's got to do it. Maybe that's a highlight. The low light is the bad breath. You understand? The light is like the jacked up teeth. But do you say when you're a kid or 
I don't like to say, I don't know how you sell being a dentist. Truthfully, it just never entered my mind. All I know is it's a whole lot of school and, and too much school. I don't want to go to that school. I know that much. I, <sighs> bad breath, rotted out teeth. I mean, it is inherent that there's going to be some downsides to any job. And for dentists, that's particularly one of them. In the medical professions, you know, you have to, okay, so we talked about podiatry, you get hematos. And once again, we talked about dentists, halitosis. Medical doctors, rectal exams. Yeah, I, I went there. And then why do I say that? Because who wants to stick that finger in that kula? It's not, to me, listen, this is something that most men over 40, if not all men over 40, have to endure. So, and, and it's recommended. It is recommended. You, I mean, I'm sorry. And it is, this is creepy. And it's like, uh, but it's recommended. So the point I'm getting at is, even though this is a very uncomfortable conversation, <laughs> it's a necessary evil. So here's the deal. When you turn 40, you got to get over 40 physical, period. Whether you're a civilian or in the military, you got to get a physical. I mean, you have to do it for health reasons, because at that age, especially for certain people, it's imperative that you get an over 40 physical. Now, I'll be honest with you. When you go do this physical, I mean, everybody knows if you don't know, you're going to get violated. It's an uncomfortable feeling and the uncomfortable silence comes at the very moment that you know it's about to happen. The doctor's looking at you, you're looking at the doctor, he's looking at you, you're looking at the doctor, and he said these very words, drop your pants. Now, if you want to see a dude, you know, like real buff, tough dude, kind of like myself, you want to see him bitch up, watch his face when the doctor says, drop your pants turn around oh man that's like bad juju baby bad juju and like i said because i'm 51 so you know it happened to me now it happened to happen to me while i was in the military the military is very stringent everybody knows that very very structured they set your appointment they tell you when to be there what time and who the doctor you're gonna see and i kept hearing rumors about the doctor and everybody giggling about the doctor. I'm like, what the freak, man? But nobody would tell me about the doctor. So I said, whatever. So the day came. And I went to the hospital. I went to the clinic. I checked in. I sat down. Now, trust me when I say the over 40 physical fraternity. It's not a fraternity that everybody's jumping to get on board. But it's one that you get initiated into. If you know what I mean. Oh, my God. Anyway, so they call me back. I go to the room. I sit down. So I'm sitting down like I'm like twiddling my thumbs. I'm like really, really nervous. And I'm not saying this to be funny. This part of the story is not intended to offend anyone. I really am not. I'm not really trying to poke fun much. But I promise you, this is 100% accurate. Not too much embellishment, but 100% accurate to the events that tr transpired that particular day. So anyway, so the door opens, the doctor walks in. I'm like looking really nervously because I kept hearing about this doctor. Doctor comes in and sits down and oh my God, it's a transsexual. Now I ain't got nothing against transsexual. Trust me what I'm saying. But this is this is a few years back, okay? So you figure 51, so you're talking about 11 years ago when this actually happened. So anyway. It's a transsexual, and and I, I never encountered transsexual, and I'm not saying that I didn't act in a professional manner because I did. I did act professional. I didn't act shocked or anything like that because that's what I do. But in my mind, I'm like, oh, she's my niece. 
Now, this wasn't like, you know, the Jerry Springer transsexual that you see on TV. They look like a woman or whatever. Uh, but then you start looking at that, they get that little Adam's apple. Now, this one, how girl said, he looked like a man. Had long hair, but he looked like a man. I ain't playing. I'm just saying. He looked like a man. Not passable, but a man with long hair. So, I'm like, okay. But, the, but he's professional. He's a professional individual, and I'm not knocking his profession out, but he was professional. And so we go through the gauntlet of the physical and everything like that. And then at one point, I know there's two things that gotta happen. He stops, he gets up, he goes to the door, he calls in the male attendant. Now he advises me that he's gonna go ahead and check me for a hernia. And that the specialist, I'll call him specialist army dude, will be chaperoning this part of the exam if I felt uncomfortable with doing it with just him. So at this point, I'm thinking, okay, why do I want to have two guys looking at MJ, a.k.a. Mink Johnson? Yes, it had a name. Ladies, if you know a dude and you're real cool with that dude, go and ask him what he calls his tiny terror, his minion of mischief, a la 50 Cent Magic Stick. <laughs> All right, anyway. I was like, uh, no. This good. This ain't no peep show. Oh, my boy can wait outside. I was like, I I'm good. I don't need a chaperone. Let's just get it over with. So FYI, if you don't know, for men, checking the hernia consists of the doctor squeezing on your natties and you coughing. Man, this mother helper damn near crushed my business, man. I'm talking, I'm, he's like, cough, cough. I'm like, uh, dude, I can't even freaking breathe. He squeezes so hard, man. He wasn't being gentle at all. Not that I expected him to be. But it, hey, it was unnecessary roughness. I had to throw a foul on the play. I was like, God dang, bro, chill. So then the dreaded words happen. Drop your pants, turn around. To me, I was already prepared for that, so that didn't really bother me. What bothered me is when I heard the, the squeezing of the lube, I was like, oh, that's when shit became real. I'm about to get violated. I mean, seriously, I, 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 don't, I don't really need to go any further into what happened in this story because me, you, she, he, we already know what happened. I mean, truthfully, I probably needed counseling. Every man after that first experience probably needs counseling after that. But you know, it's like, uh. But like I said, all this came through from a conversation with Mr. J. So, and then I, I, I proposed a question to him. I said, have you ever seen a female practologist? Hmm. He's like, now I think about it, not really or heard of one, but theoretically, Dr. Ryan, was a female kinda or in transition however hands freaking man yeah yeah that's the day my soul died that that is the day my soul died now in all seriousness and i mean i do tell this it's, it's very embarrassing it's, it's a very embarrassing um story to tell it, it's funny now i think about something because of everything that happened and i swear to god doctor was a transsexual um it, it was weird and then my, my, my dudes clowned me because they knew it because a couple guys had already been through that situation but in all seriousness this part of the exam it is embarrassing but nevertheless it's a small price you have to pay simply for the fact what they're doing is actually checking for your checking your prostate for cancer you know make sure you don't have any signs of cancer and prostate cancer is the second most frequent malignancy after lung cancer in men worldwide counting in 1,276,106 new cases and causing 358,989 deaths. That's 3.8 of all deaths are caused by cancer in men. And this is as of the date of uh, in the year 2018. 
about one man in nine will be diagnosed with prostate cancer during his lifetime. So that's something to think about. Prostate cancer is more likely to develop in older men and, oh my God, in African-American men. <laughs> if we ain't got enough problems. About six cases in 10 are diagnosed in men who are 65 or older. And it's rare in men under 40. See what I'm saying? They're good enough, magic number 40, so that's 10. Now, if black men didn't already have enough to worry about, high blood pressure, prostate cancer, police department, yeah, that's just another threat to our mortality. And I hope, despite of everything that is going on in the United States today, that this did provide a little bit of relief. Sometimes you just need that break from reality. And if, and if the laugh at me made you smile or took you away from the things that's going on, I'm glad it did. You know, I'll say this. I want to thank everybody that comes and listen. And if you haven't subscribed or follow this podcast, shame on you. You need to get on board. And if you like this podcast, which I hope you did, please share and tell your friends. Because I have more crazy content, hard-hitting journalism, and, well, I'm going to be mean when I do this. So, with all that being said, once again, thanks to everybody. Share it. Like it. Subscribe it. Pass it on. Push it through through Facebook, Instagram, however you want to do it. But I'm going to be there. I'm going to keep on doing what I'm doing. Just like I said, I have what's called guerrilla-style journalism. And that's not the, not G-U, but G-O as a guerrilla silverback because it'll come at you hard. I want you to understand where we're coming from, regardless. With that, this is the ugly black man, Brian Matthews, and you've been fed. I'm out this week.